The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Fan the Flames cell meeting. And tonight we've got special guest Claude. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got Francois in the house. Um, Everybody say hello. 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 And uh, we're going to start off with uh, the famous prayer. Okay. Father, we thank you. Man, oh, it's so good to have you as a dad. Despite everything being thrown against people, you know, we still have you. You, you our Father, and it's good to have you here in this house tonight. Father, think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. Uh, you know, Dad, it's got to be nothing, nothing, not me at all. It has to be you because it's your children that benefit from this and even myself. And Father, I pray that you prepare those who will hear tonight. I I pray that you prepare their hearts to receive. Give them eyes to see. Give them ears to hear what you have to say. And like I said, Dad, give them a heart that can understand so that the devil cannot steal that word from them, that precious word, that word that is able to transform them. And Dad, I pray that everyone will walk away changed tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, now we are carrying on with our series, Faith, from start to finish, and this is part six of our series, and we titled this, More Will Be Given. So, I said, open up to Luke chapter 17, and we will read verse 20 and verse 21. And when you're there, say amen. Amen. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, Watch this. When the kingdom of God should come. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Okay, this is very important in your journey of faith. And um, let's just let's just freshen ourselves up on first John chapter five. First John chapter five and verse four. And when you guys are there. One John five. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Alright, first John chapter five verse four. And now we are talking about faith. And the scripture says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, 
And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Okay. Now, as I've mentioned in previous broadcasts, where it says here, overcometh the world, that word world is referring to a government, a system here on the earth. It's not talking about the planet. You don't need to overcome the planet. You live here. (laughs) But it's talking about a system, a world. Remember when Jesus said, for God so loved the world. He was talking about the people in that system. But that system, who is the God? What did, what did Jesus also say about Satan? Satan is the God of this world. He's not talking about earth. No. He's talking about that satanic system. And you look at, you look at it in Revelation. It's talking about Babylon. Okay. Ultimately, a system that has excluded God. We don't need God. Don't need him in our health. We don't need him in our finances. We don't need him in raising the kids. We don't need him in direction and that type of thing. That's what it ultimately is about. And we know that that whole system is absolutely rotten to the core. It's full of fault. And if you look at the blessing side of it, you can understand that it's full of sorrow. And God spoke about that right in the beginning. It's full of sorrow. And that's the system that you have got authority over. But you can't overcome without faith. Now, he says here, this is the victory. didn't say defeat. And it didn't say sometimes victory. Yeah, it's always victory, right? Always victory. And you always overcome the world, right? How? Even our faith. Okay. But now we also see in certain places that I'm just touching. And Jesus prayed and said to Peter, Peter, I prayed that your faith fail not. So evidently, faith can fail. Remember, it's Christian And then you go and look at the Apostle Paul, by revelation of the Spirit of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, love sometimes fails. It doesn't say that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) love never fails. Faith can fail, love never fails. Faith can fail, love never fails. So we find that a lot of Christians are experiencing faith failures today and they chalk it up to this. They make excuses. But you're not supposed to make excuses. You're supposed to find out where did you go wrong. That's what you're supposed to do. And get it fixed. Because the scripture says you're supposed to overcome the world. You can overcome the world. Yes, faith can fail, but you can fix up faith and... You can overcome, and you can have your victory. But now, let's find out why the people are failing. Let's look at some uh, portions. We're going to look at something tonight that is very pivotal to the believer in their journey of faith. They're believing for a miracle. 
you need you need finances you need a job you believing for a child you believing for a house there's things that you need and the only way to get that is by using your faith okay so let's look at the teaching of jesus and we'll go through to mark chapter 4 amen amen yeah that's fast susan says <laughs> <laughs> Susan says, I'm ready. Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. 13. Yeah, 13. I just want to touch on that quickly. Okay. Now, <clears throat> the previous verses, Jesus gives a parable. We know this, and you, you're welcome to read it in your private time. But I'm just going to, for time's sake, I'm just going to skip past that. And Jesus says to them, because they said... Um, you know, what, is, what does this parable mean? That's what they asked him. What does this parable mean? So Jesus said to them, Know you not this parable? Don't you know this parable? How then will you know all parables? Okay. So this, in other words, am I, am I wrong if I say this is the granddaddy of all parables? If Jesus said, if you don't get this parable, forget about the rest. This is the center right here. And if you get this sorted, you'll understand the rest. Am I interpreting that right? Yes. Yeah. Now watch this. The sower soweth the word. And man, this was a powerful breakthrough. I was lying in my bed one day, one morning. And um, just praying about this series and just waiting on the Lord and let him talk to me and jot down a little thing and he'll say put say this and then i'll jot that down and maybe an hour later i'll, I'll use something else and i'll jot that down and so forth and <laughs> i was lying in the bed and just kind of pondering and thinking things and he spoke up on the inside of me and he said did you know that there's two categories of people in mark chapter four and when he said that i, I kind of knew where he was going with that and i said no, no, I didn't know that. And he said, one of them is a preacher. The rest are the hearers. They're the believers. Now, we've always been taught, and I, I don't know if you guys have been taught this, but we've always heard that the guy that is sowing and, and referring to the written word of God He's the same guy that's hearing it because he's sowing it into his heart and, and he's, he's believing. And I've heard this being preached on pulpits and, and so forth. And here the Spirit of God is telling me, mm -mm, it's actually not it. And then he broke it. I said, what? I got excited because I've, I've read Mark chapter 4 hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I love Mark chapter 4, especially when the Alpha and the Omega... The beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of your faith says, this is the granddaddy of all parables. Amen. You know, you want to find out what the man's talking about. So I went and grabbed my phone quickly. I didn't even want to look for my Bible. Just my phone was in reach and I had to go there and I went to Mark chapter 4. And he said, now look there, the sower soweth the word and these are they by the wayside. Here's the second category of people that he's talking about. Where the word is sown, and when they have heard, and, and that's what Jesus was 
he, he was pointing out to me, he said, the sower is the preacher and the, the oaks that are busy sitting around him and they hearing his message, they are the hearer. He said, that's the two categories of people. And I was like, what? Because we focus on, um, you know, we focus on the soil. We got it mixed up. We, we got it completely mixed up. We focus on the hard ground and, and the good ground and all that stuff. And Jesus did give reference to it and so forth. But there's balance in it. Now, he says, let's just run through it quickly. He says, these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So you are only reading word and you automatically think it's referring to the written word. But that's not what the word says. There was a guy sowing it. What was he doing? Taking Bibles and throwing it at the people. No, he was preaching. So the correct way to say is this. He, uh, these are they by the wayside where the preached word is sown. That opens up a whole other dimension. When you go through this, you can understand Romans chapter 10 verse 17 so much better. And you understand why it's so pivotal, why God set it up that way. The preached word is so important to the Christian. Now watch this. He says, uh, let's go to verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the preached word immediately receive it with gladness. Well, they heard the gospel. This guy preached the gospel. And it was good stuff. That's why they received it with gladness. They weren't throwing Torah at the guy. He was preaching. This, this changes everything. Watch this. And they have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. See the faith failure? Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the preached word's sake, immediately they are offended, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the preached word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the preached word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the preached word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, if you look very carefully in that explanation of the parable, the word here is used multiple times. And that's something that we've overlooked. I think when you wrote it out, it was nine times. Yes, when we, when we ran through this and we went through to the, right through the chapter, the word hear and heard is used nine times times so when you're reading your bible and you're reading you're reading within yourself you can't hear with your ears am i wrong or am i right or you just weird <laughs> you know what i'm saying this guy <laughs> you know this guy is preaching the word now when we went over to romans chapter 10 let's just go there quickly um, I don't want to say it and it just goes over your head. 
uh, it's good for your eyes to fall on it. Let's look at verse 13. Let's look at verse 13. Amen. Okay. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him if they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Those are valid questions. Uh, if they haven't heard the gospel, can you blame them? And not just any Dick, Tom, and Harry can go and talk to them. You can see this is very specific. The preacher's got to go. Now watch this. How shall they preach? That's a good question. How shall they preach except they be sent? You've got to be sent in order to preach. I've heard a, I heard a good saying, and I'll quote it. Keith Moore said this. Some were sent, and some just went. That's it there with you. <laughs> How shall they preach except they be sent? Um, remember uh, John? Scripture says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And talking about Jesus, uh, another place, he said, the Scripture says that God sent him. Yes. These are key words. Why? God has anointed them. See? And then it says, uh, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who's believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay. That's a bad translation right there. The original says... And just the end of that verse, word of God. That word is rhema. That just changes everything. It's not logos. It's rhema. Why is it rhema? Because the preacher who was sent preached under the anointing and you got a rhema. And that just changes everything. Now, uh, it does not say in the original translation, it does not say word of God. It also says the word of Christ. And we know in the book of John, right in the beginning, it translates it for us. It says Christ, the Messiah, which has been interpreted as anointed. So what does that mean when you put all of that together? The man of God has to be sent. Okay, And if he's sent, he's anointed to deliver a rhema message. Now, what happens when that, when that takes place? Well, because, because he's sent, faith comes. Faith comes. Faith does not come by reading your Bible. Faith does not come by you going through hard experiences. There's no scripture to support that. The only scripture that supports faith coming to you is by the preached word under the anointed minister who was sent by God. And now you will understand Mark chapter 4, and this is what Jesus was talking about. The sower sows the preached word. He's sowing the word, making it short for you, 
But he's preaching it because those guys were hearing it. And they got glad tidings. What's that? They got faith. Why? Faith comes. The guy was obviously sent. Why do you think in the last, um, in, that, in that parable, the devil came? You know, people talk about, yo, I'm under attack. Eh? You know, the devil's just hard at me. But when you hear their personal life, they haven't, they haven't listened to one preaching the whole week. I've got some news for you. The devil's not attacking you. <laughs> you just made some stupid choices. <laughs> the scripture tells us the devil only comes for one thing. He's not, he doesn't even care about you. He's coming for the preached word. He's coming for that rhema word. That's what he wants. And if you don't have that preached word in you, he's not interested. Yeah, he doesn't care about you. You're already on his side. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're already on his side. I might give you credit once for that. <laughs> Claude, Claude's bringing some good stuff. I came, I came prepared. <laughs> Let's go back to Mark chapter 4. And um, I want to. I just want to reiterate here, and we can look at Jesus. You know what I love about Jesus? He's an open book, and the devil is a closed book. The devil is called the deceiver. What does that mean? Nothing. Not everything is open. He gives you just enough to be able to confuse you, to trick you. Now watch this. He says. I'll take that one. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Uh, uh, let's just uh, let's. Uh, these are uh, let's let's just jump here to verse fifteen. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown, and when they have heard the preached word. Satan comes immediately. Satan doesn't come when you're reading your Bible. He comes when you are listening to the preached word, whether it's a broadcast, whether you've got a podcast on, you're listening to the radio, there's a preacher preaching on the radio, or you're in church and so forth. You don't have to stand on this. You don't have to believe God for the devil to come. <laughs> Jesus said he comes immediately. When you hear the preached word, the, the minister's got to be sent yeah. first place. And he says, then he tells us his tactics. This is important. And you, this is where I gave the illustration the Lord said to me years ago when I, was, I studied this and studied this and studied this and studied this, you know. And the Lord said, can you see I'm um, giving a reference here to seed and, and a garden and plants growing and so forth? I said, yes, sir, I do see that. And he said... Do you see how Satan is coming to steal? I said, yes, sir, I see that. He said, now it is your responsibility to be a scarecrow over your own patch. If you believe in God for healing, you believe in God for direction, you believe whatever it is you are in faith for, the devil's going to come and steal that word that you're trying to get down on the inside of you. And it's, your, it's not God's responsibility. It's not your brothers and sisters in Christ's responsibility. It's your responsibility to be a scarecrow. Just put your arms out there because the devil's coming. He wants that word. Why? Let's just look at the, these attacks that he uses. 
Satan comes immediately, he takes away the word, uh, and then Jesus breaks it down for us. He says in verse 17, uh, they received it with gladness, have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Watch this. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the believer's sake. Is that in your Bible? No. Interesting, eh? See what he comes for? Comes for the, he comes for the preached word. And what is he using? He uses affliction. He uses persecution. So many, so much of the time I hear Christians, I've heard this so many times. I mean, I'm, I've been out there. And I hear, yo, I've, I've been persecuted. But they're not in faith for anything. They haven't picked up so much as a Bible. They, they are, unless you've been persecuted for watching Netflix. <laughs> that's, a, that's another thing. They're using words like this, and it confuses baby Christians. Let's stick to the word, guys. Let's not, let's not add. Let's not subtract. Yeah. So he comes with affliction, and he comes with persecution for the word's sake. Immediately, watch what happens. They are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the preached word. Watch this, the cares of this world. Be careful about being caught up. This is the big one. Be careful about being caught up in politics. ESCOM, petrol price, economy. I'm just, I'm just worried about this. And you're stressing about it. But you've been hearing the preached word. You've been hearing the preached word. And you're focusing on the news. That's the cares of this world. Be very, very... Don't engage in that conversation. Especially if you are in faith. And it's frustrating and it's discouraging. Put a shock in your mouth. What's the devil trying to get you to do? Is he trying to get you to do a, a, a funny dance? Is he trying to get you to watch horror movies? No. He puts the... It's, it's so fascinating to me. People say, oh, I don't believe in this, this, uh, this name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. But yet you do it all the time. Huh? Yeah, just in reverse. And the devil puts just a little... He just puts that screw on you. He just turns you just enough. He needs you to speak because you're the one with the authority. And if you just get that, that mouth open of yours... And thank you, Lord, I'll say that. He said, um, quoting from the book of James, Your tongue, it can set hell on fire. Just by your words. No, man, what my little old words, they don't count. You've just been deceived. You just, who are you to go against the truth? Shut your mouth. Don't let the devil steal that word. He's using you. Watch this. So we've got affliction, persecution, and we've got the cares of this world. Watch this. Uh, the next one, deceitfulness. Of riches, not riches, the deceitfulness of it. Love of money. Yeah, not money, yeah. the love of it. Yeah. It's the perversion or the yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. 
been deceived. Be careful. And then he says, and then the, the final one is the lusts of other things. That's not talking about sexual lust. That's talking about severe. It's an old English word for severe pressure on your flesh, which involves sexual pre- uh, pressure, but it also involves other types of pressures. Hard pressure on your flesh to get you to react and go crosswise to what you heard that preacher speak to you about. And watch this. What is all of these attacks for? One thing. It says, let's, let's read further. Because once they enter in, they choke the word. They choke the preached word. Why? And, um, to make you become unfaithful, unfruitful. Unfruitful. Yeah. The word is supposed to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. The preached word. Hearing the preached word. That's the order. The preached word is supposed to bear fruit. Now let's look at the rest of this. And these are they uh, who are sown on good ground, such as hear the preached word, they receive it, and they, they put themselves up as a scarecrow. They're protecting that word with everything. Someone comes around and says, yes, did you hear on the news? I don't want to hear it. I don't. Yeah, but how can you be in denial? How, you can't live in a little bubble. Well, guess what? You can enjoy yeah, you can enjoy your defeat. I'm in faith. I've got to protect this word. And the devil gets very bossy and he gets very pushy and he gets very insulting because he needs to get that junk in you so that you can react. And you've Yeah, you've got to protect that preached word. On the news topic, sorry, maybe I just said it now, eh? mm. people that watch the news, listen to the news, know what's going on in this world. Yes. Um, I saw, uh, I always call them bumper stickers, but they're not really bumper they, It's like something that somebody sends you or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, like a flashcard or whatever. Oh, yes. Know, oh, yes, yes. Like, uh, clever, whatever, quotes. It said, uh, those that listen to the news or watch the news know what's going on in the world. But those that read their Bible know why. Oh, yes. Oh, that's good. So the news is good because we know why. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, man. Keep on reading your Bible and you'll know why. That's the wisdom of God. Yes. Absolutely. Like you said, those things are meant to happen. Yes. We that know know why. Yeah. That's why the scripture says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. And there's Christians that aren't even doing that. They've got, they've got Atlas Security. They've got ADT wrapped up around the house, alarm systems, cameras. They are not even guarding their heart. They're allowing any old junk to come in there. Well, guess what? Take down that security. It's useless. Can you imagine if the people who invested so much money and time in protecting their property yeah. took the same amount of time to protect their heart? Yes. Um, Absolutely. And (laughs) if you do that, and obviously the guy, you know, everyone, I I hear people taking this completely out of context. Uh, Yeah, if you sow into the ministry, um, you know, it depends. Uh, You might get 30-fold, you might get 60-fold, you might get 100-fold. No. This is not even talking about money. This is talking about the preached word. Don't twist it. 
there's, there's amazing financial uh, teachings that you can bless the, the ministry with, you can bless people with, but don't take something like this. This is important. This is the granddaddy of all parables. Get this right and you'll get your finances right. Amen? Yes. He says, yeah, uh, these are they which are sown on good ground, uh, as you know. Uh, they bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, obviously, like we said, he did his due diligence and he protected his crop. The guy that got 30-fold, hey, at least he got something, but the devil was able to talk him out of 70. The guy that got 60-fold, hey, praise God, he's getting there. His faith is developing. We are not born with a full set of spiritual wings. You don't come out getting a hundredfold all the time. That's not how it works. Your faith has got to be developed. You, we're growing up in these things. So, yeah, he got 60-fold. The devil um, spoke him out of 40. And then the oak that got 100-fold, well, you know, the devil couldn't. I mean, he just put his foot down on the critter's neck. Now, uh, let's go further. He said, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? And we're, talking, we're still talking about faith here. We're talking about faith from start to finish. We're talking about faith, the victory that overcomes the world. And we're talking about how to not have a faith failure. If we, if we understand this concept, man, you, you're going to win all the time. You're going to be more alert when the devil comes. You're going to take the time out and say, hey, man, if I need healing, let's find a, a minister who is anointed in healing not all ministers are anointed in healing some have got different callings that's what makes the church so diverse he sets your table in the presence of your enemies yes we got different functions yeah. different different specialities some just teach on faith and you're going to take that and you learn that, and then you go and find the guy that's preaching on healing. And let him minister to you. And that's how it works. You go and find the guy that can, can explain the blessing. And go and listen to him. Go and find the guy, or, or female, whoever. But go and find out what they specialize. You should have a complete library of faith-filled teachings. Scripture tells us in Proverbs, buy the word and sell it not. Mm. Talks about the ten virgins and says, five were foolish and five were wise. The five that were wise, they, they still had oil in their lamps. So they could burn. Uh, it's, that's just something you can stick in your glory bag. Huh? <laughs> Okay, now um, let's go on further. He says, yeah, to, uh, he said, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? No, or set on a candlestick. There's nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Watch this. We're back to this again. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. We're back to that. And he said to them, take heed, pay attention to what you hear. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, watch this, more shall be given. And that's our focus. I'm going to pick up 
from here now. That was a long introduction. <laughs> but it's good. It's good to go over the basics, man. So can you see now, watch this. Here's the key. It shall be measured to you unto you that here shall more be given. He that has, has what? A hearing ear. He's not changing the topic. To him shall be given. And he that has not, has, has not what? A hearing ear. If he's not paying attention. He's got the teaching playing and he's busy doing the, the dishes or she's doing the dishes or they're doing the washing. You are not getting anything. You're like, oh, I'm a cup of uh, washing powder and um, oh, the tap man. And the guy's preaching in the background, preaching in the background. It's gone completely over your head. You have not yes. heard. You are not going to get anything out of it. It's why it's so important. I always tell the people, man, grab, grab your Bible, grab your pens, grab your notepads. Because if you do that deliberately, your you've got, yes, your focus has just jumped up at least 25%. At least 25%. Now he said, now watch this. Here's, here's the, the big kicker. Oh, let's just finish that off quickly. Uh, for he that has to him shall be given. He that has not, doesn't have a hearing ear, uh, from him shall be taken even that which he has. Now, you can take that out of context and people will immediately go to blaming God about that. But we have not gone into, this is not the third chapter later. This is still the same chapter and we're still talking about the same context and we're still talking about hearing and we found out who does the taking. It's Satan. Yeah. When you, look, when you look at the scripture, that is what I see, and you can actually maybe just confirm that it says, If we that have, to him will be given, and he that have not, from him shall be taken. Is that not also the person that's got a little of faith left, and eventually when something goes wrong, that's also wrong from him? That's right. So, in other words, the person that's listening, they're not hearing the word. They're not hearing. A little bit of faith yes. left in them. Yes. He's not dead and keep them. He's going to take it. Yeah, he's going to take the yeah, little so bit that they had. Yeah. Okay. Now, watch this. We're still talking about faith. And he said, So is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He's still talking about the sower sows the word. He's still talking about the guy that is hearing. He's in receiving mode. The, the word is being preached to him. And he says, this is the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. He's still talking about hearing. He hasn't changed. He's giving different examples until you get it, you know. Someone said, why, why is there Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And uh, someone asked God that. This is, a, this is a true story. And the Lord said, because I knew you're not going to get it the first time. And he said, so is the kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knows not how for the earth brings forth fruit of itself. Now he's doing a comparison of how the kingdom looks just to help you so that you can relate to something. And he says, first, the blade, 
then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear, and when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? He's doing this again. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth, but when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shoots out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Now, if you remember, when we started the meeting, we referred to Luke chapter 17. And we said, where's the kingdom of God? It's within you. It's on the inside of you. And here... Jesus is giving two different illustrations plus the interpretation of the parable of the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God works. So let's go to the famous Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Yeah. Matthew chapter 6. Okay. Yeah, actually, you know what? Let's back up verse Look at verse 25. Let's start there. Verse 25. Okay. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body. These are physical things that he's referring to. Okay. This is not spiritual riches, as the religious folks say. (laughs) This is physical things. He says... uh, don't worry about what, you, what you're going to do for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? That's his clothes. Behold, or look at the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? He's talking about needs here. He's talking about physical things. He, he's... he's Building up towards something. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying. That's how you take a thought, by saying it. That's how the devil catches you. Don't take a thought, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay. Now everyone quotes that. And that's great if you quote it in context because... You know, years ago, I got around uh, my very, very uh, wet behind the ears days. 
you know, I got around a lot of believers, sharing with them my vision and, you know, my dreams and hopes and all that. And the first thing, they don't want to hear it. They want to sound spiritually mature. And what's, you know, what's the first thing that they, they shouted at me? Oh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I was like, yesterday, this oak is not listening. Then the next time, get around some, oh, seek ye first the kingdom. You know, say it with such pride. You know, and then the third time I thought, yeah, if this oak says it one more time, you know, and then I asked him, I said, what does that mean? Oh, it means to seek the kingdom. So, yeah, but what does that mean? What does that mean? And caught him off guard, caught her off guard, and they didn't like it. But you've got to challenge these people because they're living this fake Lifestyle, just shout off a, a, a scripture, makes me sound spiritual. No one's going to ask questions. The candy-coated Christianity. But here, we're going to break it down because I dealt with this so many times. <laughs> and the blessing of the Lord has helped me through this. He talks about physical things. He's talking about eating. He's talking about drinking. He's talking about clothing. And he's, he's, he's actually, if you study the law of Moses, he's actually referring to the curse of the law. And he's talking about people who, he's talking to Jews, and he's talking to Jews who are no longer living under the blessing. And they're under stress. And they're saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Obviously, uh, him being a rabbi, he's not just talking loosely. He's quoting scripture. And what he was saying is, that's a curse. And then he says Gentiles. Gentiles just another word for one who's without God. The nations, actually. He says the nations, we'll just say Gentiles for, for this study. They seek the physical things. Now I'm getting over into this. He says we ought to. Seek first the kingdom of God. The Gentiles seek first what they're going to drink, what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear. The children of God must seek first the kingdom of God. The Gentiles seek first the physical things. Let me take this a little further. When uh, a believer is in faith... Many of them seek first, where's my job? Where's my healing? Where's my finances? Where's my debt freedom? Where's my spouse? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. When you're a baby Christian and you're in faith and you believe in God and you're doing all you know to do, you've got that tendency to start looking. Am I wrong or am I right? You've got that tendency to say, where's it going to come from? When's it going to come? Who's God going to use? You start getting, if I can say, antsy. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Let's go back to Mark chapter 4. This is what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. And remember in verse 26, verse 26 and verse 30, he said, so is the kingdom of God. Remember, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah, he's telling you what it is. So is the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. This is how you get it. 
So is the kingdom of God. Verse 30. Whereunto shall we like the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? This is a breakdown and an illustration of how you harvest whatever it is that you're in faithful. Going back to the sower sows the word. Let the minister preach to you. And then if we, if we just touch on verse 26, he says, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Well, he's, he's listening to podcasts. Or he's at cell. Or he's watching a broadcast. Or he's at church. But the point is, he's hearing a man or a woman who is sent from God. Who has the anointing on them. Why? Because when that man or that woman opens up their mouth and they preach, you're not just hearing words. Faith is coming. Faith is coming. Faith is coming. You can't do this once a week. It doesn't just stop at, at a Sunday service. Monday, you've got to start your week off with a preached word, even if it's a half an hour uh, broadcast. Tuesday, You've got to do it. What did Jesus say? We live by the word. Man doesn't live by bread alone. This is what he was talking about. This is the kingdom of God. And then he said in, in, later in, in Matthew chapter 6, he said, these things will be added to you. Did he say you go and seek those things? No, they will be added to you. Remember here in Mark chapter 4, the guy who heard the word and he received it, he got the Thank you. But here's the process. Watch this. The kingdom of God. Where, where's the kingdom of God? Within you. Within you. Mm -hmm. It's inside of you. So here's the kingdom of God. Here's the operation of the kingdom of God. The minister who is sent by God is preaching under the anointing. That rhema word has been put on the inside of you. Faith is coming. Faith is coming. Faith is coming. All the while faith is coming. Guess what? Watch what happens here. Uh, he should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. You'll see in both these instances, the word always grows up, always grows up. There's no possible dead seeds. There's no possible fake seeds, because if you look in first Peter, he says you are born again, not by the incorruptible seed but by the, not by the corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible word of God, which lives and abides forever. So he called the word of God incorruptible seed. See? Now he's saying, yeah, there's a process that takes place. While you're sleeping and, and you're getting up in the morning, you go back to sleep and you go, and you, you know, so forth. The seed springs up and it grows. He doesn't know how, but it's happening. It's happening. You busy listening to healing teachings and you listening to a healing broadcast on a Monday and you listening to a healing broadcast on a Tuesday and you listen to a healing broadcast on a Wednesday and you listen to a healing broadcast on a Thursday and you listen to a healing broadcast by Friday guess what by Friday you throwing your hands up and you shouting I'm healed I'm healed glory to God why it's busy growing up faith is coming faith is coming instead of uh, avoiding the teachings at all costs going to church once a year and then saying, uh, I guess it's just not the will of God. <laughs> but 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Instead of sitting there conjuring up why it isn't the will of God and trying to sound philosophical and, you know, you've got your um, degree in uh, theology. theology, thank you, and it's screwed your mind up, just, you've got a Bible. You can get a 50 rand Bible, you've got the Holy Ghost free of charge, and guess what? You can get this interpretation. There are teachings all over the internet that you can download free of charge. You've got no excuse. And then he says, watch this, there's a process that takes place, okay? The earth brings forth fruit of itself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle. All of that, that growth, instead of, this is what Jesus is saying, instead of seeking things Looking where's your miracle going to come from, your number one focus should be the kingdom of God. That's what you should be focusing on. You should be focusing on building that image on the inside of you. Because that, that image, it actually grows. It's supernatural. It's full of the very life of God, the zoe. The very zoe life of God. That thing grows up on the inside of you. And it grows and it grows. If you listen to... A series on the blessing of the Lord and you understand about the curse more will be given you are increasing but you're not increasing on the outside first it eventually comes on the outside it always comes on the outside but it starts on the inside and that's what you need to focus on you're building an image on the inside that you free those who the Lord has uh, made free is free indeed. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. That preached word, instead of seeking things on the outside, you've got to come to a place where you've got to forget about the physical healing of your body. You've got to come to a place where you've got to forget about the physical debt freedom. Maybe you're drowning in debt. There's, there is so much where God promises you that he will deliver you from debt. We've got it in the Old Testament right up into the New Testament. There's so much where God will meet your needs and so forth. But instead of quoting a scripture once or twice and begging God and pleading God, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Stop seeking things. This is what the Gentiles do. They don't focus on the inside. They're not building any image. You've got to get the preached word. And you've got to hear it. And you've got to hear it. And you've got to hear it. And you can't hear it for two days. And you can't hear it for three days. I heard Oral Roberts say this. You haven't heard a message until you heard it a hundred times. And that's the absolute truth. Why? Because it's anointed. It's supernatural. And Mark chapter 4 tells us the word, the preached word, even right now what I'm doing, sowing the word, the scripture says you don't have to tell it what to do and where to go. It knows where to go. Yeah. Scripture says it goes straight into your spirit. That, that's why Jesus preached the gospel to the poor. Amen. Because they needed that, that They word. needed that word because that is what will set them free. And that's why you can read your Bible till you're blue in the face. Listen to one podcast a month. You're not going to get persecuted. If you're going through hell, that's your own cotton pick and fault. And it's because you made bad decisions. Yeah. But 
if you're listening to a preaching every day and it's by an anointed minister, then I can say, yeah, you've been persecuted. The devil's after that word. Then I tell you, oh fuss. Then I tell you, don't give up. That word is working. That word is transforming. And don't look on the outside. Forget about the outside. Forget about the, the physical manifestation. That's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Why is it irrelevant? Because number one, that's not faith. Looking for your... That's, there's no scripture to support that. So if you do that, you are wasting energy. It's not faith. So don't seek things. Don't look for things. You're just absolutely wasting your time. But if you focus on the preached word and listen to that preached word and listen to that preached word, and your number one focus is, hey, man, I'm looking after this on the inside. Yeah. Forget about the, the healing. Forget about the, the finances. Forget about all that stuff. That's, that's going to come. Yeah. Don't worry. How's it going to come? Just don't even worry. That's the first thing I hear Christians talk about that all the time. Yeah, but how's it going to come? God has got a million ways to get that stuff to you. That is irrelevant. The number one, the number one focus is to build that image on the inside of you. You've got to be diligent in doing that. You've got to play your teachings every day. Thank God. Listen to that stuff. Listen to it. Allow that word to do what it does best. And more shall be given. And there comes a time. Oh, Lord, okay, I will say that. He actually said to me, Yeah, oh, thank you, Lord. It's a good you. Oh, man. See, when you pray, and he just jumps in and says, Say this, say that. Because <laughs> I was going to end. And uh, he said, I said, Lord, this illustration, um, do you have someone in the Bible that I can quote just to, you know, just to help give them oomph and so forth? And he says, Abraham from Romans chapter 4. I said, oh, I don't want to use that. I said, oh, I, know, I know what verse you're going to say. I don't want to use that. He said, uh, no, it's not the verse that you think I'm going to use. And uh, so let's go there. Romans chapter 4 quickly, and we'll close on this. And uh, when he quoted it to me, I said, oh, you're so good. Amen. I said, man. I'm just looking for it now quickly. Uh, I can just go to my notes, man. I got it there. Watch this. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 21. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 21. When you're there. Okay. Who against hope believed in hope, talking about Abraham, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith. Here's what the Lord said I must quote and why I need to quote it. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Okay? And that's what the Lord wanted me to get at. That's it. You've got to be so convinced on the inside by the image of the preached word that was developed on the inside of you that the outside becomes irrelevant. That's it. You're not even looking at that stuff anymore. Now, why did the scripture quote this? Because obviously this was talking to Abraham while he was in faith. That's why it quoted that. 
He knew he was an old man. He knew it was impossible. He knew his wife was always barren. And that doubt was, man, it was eating him up. But when God kept on telling him, you the father, you the father, you the father of many nations, you the father of men, there wasn't a proof at all on top of it. His wife was barren when she was still young and stunning. The scripture says she was beautiful. I mean, you'd expect 10 children from that. But didn't happen. (laughs) so what i'm saying is he came to a place where he was so convinced on the inside he was so convinced on the inside that the physical appearance the things that were speaking against him all the time they became irrelevant he didn't look there anymore he didn't consider that anymore and what happened that image became so real Isaac popped out. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, um, he gave glory to God. Um, I, I love this. He, he said he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb anymore. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And that's what we're talking about. Don't look on the outside. Don't seek things on the outside. Don't be convinced by those things. Your focus, your number one focus, your your miracle is not your number one focus. Where is it going to come from is not your number one focus. Who's God going to use is not your, when is it going to come is not your number one focus. Your number one focus is, forget about those things. Your number one focus is to build that image on the inside of you. Because that preached word goes inside of your heart and Satan's after it. And it's your job to make sure he doesn't steal it. And it's your job to look after it because it's a process that takes place. And that whole process takes place on the inside of you. That's why you've got to look after it until you come to a place where that thing pops out. And now, just to uh, support that, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and I'm reading specifically from the Amplified Classic Version. I'm just going a little bit over my time, but that's fine. Ephesians Yeah, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, from the Amplified Classic. Amen. Now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power, that is at work, Within us, not on the outside. Don't seek things, physical things. Your biggest miracle is manifesting inside of your heart. Now to him, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Do you see that? God can do far over and above all that you can think, all that you can ask according to the power that's at work with inside of him or in us? In us. us. That's the kingdom of God. And that... Who would put their hopes in the world when you can put your hopes in the Amen. And on that note, (laughs) we'll have to end tonight's message. Uh, Thank you everyone for joining.
I uh, hope you got something out of it. Remember, faith comes by hearing. So keep on hearing. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision, which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow Into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.